You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. God is King of kings and Lord of lords. God answers to no one and no one compares. God has no equal. He is not the yin and the devil the yang. No way. The devil doesn't come close to our amazing God. There is no one. There is no one that can give God counsel. There is no one that can give him competition or contend with his decisions. As Pastor Dion teaches about the attributes of God today, he emphasizes that God is like no other. He's utterly unique and he alone is in power. The devil isn't equal and opposite to God. God is far more powerful than Satan will ever be. Thinking about the absolute greatness and wisdom of God can be frightening, and yet our God chooses to love us. If we've given our life to Christ, these truths about God don't need to scare us. Instead, they can be an encouragement because our mighty God is good. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Exodus chapter three, as he begins his message, What is God Like? I am not giving golf tips, but we're here actually. I'm here to let you know that, well, I'm a little bit of a golfer, all right? And I'm partial to Callaway clubs. You know, I I really like them, especially like this big Bertha Callaway driver. I love it. I I, I love it because she's sleek, she's chic, she has long legs and a round bottom. and And other than Sylvia, this is the only gal I want with me on the golf course. But golfers were recently warned of counterfeits flooding the golf market. The Chinese are notorious guys for producing knockoffs, and they did it again. The Chinese copied this U.S.-made Callaway Big Bertha driver. I mean, and to the naked eye, the one that the Chinese made is identical to the original one that the U.S. has, but it sells for half the price. And you may be, as a golfer, tempted to pay less, but you know the saying, you get what you pay for. Say it out loud. You get what you pay for. You see, the knockoff club that the Chinese made underneath the paint and the decals is an inferior product. The shaft is composite instead of graphite. The head is steel instead of titanium. And not one, there's not one piece on that head, but it's two pieces that have been glued together on the Chinese one. It's not a Callaway Big Bertha club. It's something else. This is what it is. Everybody said out loud, it's a Frankenstein monster is what it is. Well, there are a lot of spiritual hucksters peddling knockoffs out there. They present a different God than the one in the Bible. Their God is one designed by their own feelings, by their own thoughts, by their own ideas, by their own personal interpretations. You know, I think God is like um, this. 
Or they say things like, God gave me a new revelation of what he's like. Well, guys, thus they are turning the God of the Bible into a Frankenstein monster. A crude design of their own making. I mean, I guess their thought is, if you build it, they will come. Kind of like the God in the movie The Shack that I mentioned last week. That's not the God of the Bible. And since there are so many variations of God, I mean, Islam has a version, Mormons have a version, the Native American religion has a version, Buddhists and Scientologists have a version. How are we to know which is the one true and living God? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. The Holy Bible, said out loud, the Holy Bible alone is the final authority. It is the filter through which we should evaluate ideas and beliefs. You see, the Bible is the only divinely inspired book. God breathed. It is God's autobiography. Let's say that out loud. It's what? God's autobiography. The Bible, it's, it's his personal story. In fact, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says it like this. The whole Bible was given to us by inspiration from God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out and helps us to do what is right. It is God's way of making us well prepared at every point, fully equipped to do good to everyone, right? And then there's 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 20 says this, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of men, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So here's the jest. God spoke to men, spirit to spirit and heart to heart, exactly what He wanted them to write. It's his story and their pen. Say it out loud. His story and their pen. Thus, the Bible is God's autobiography, a disclosure of himself. And so, we can read the Bible and learn all there is to know about God. God gave us the Bible so that we wouldn't get burned or conned about who he is. That he wouldn't be misrepresented. You got it? Look at your neighbor and say, I got it. So, in the Bible, the invisible God makes himself known. His character, his nature, his attributes, he discloses himself. In fact, one of the things that God discloses about himself in the Bible is that he is eternal. Say the word out loud. He's what? Eternal. God has no beginning and no end. He always was and will always be eternal. Say it again. What? Eternal. In fact, God introduced himself to Moses as the everlasting God. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, here's how he introduced himself to Moses. Everybody say it out loud with me. I am 
that I am. Now, I know, doesn't that sound a little funky? You know, somebody introduces, I am that I am. Well, what is that? All right? That phrase means infinity. I am that I am. All right? It's, it's a phrase that means infinity. I am the everlasting God. That's pretty cool, right? Now, from then on, from the time that God introduced himself that way to Moses, from then on, God, God was been described in those terms, eternal. Look at Psalm 93 and verse 2. Here's what it says. Lord, your throne was established long ago. You are from, everybody, all eternity. And then Jesus closed his famous Lord's Prayer like this in Matthew 6.13. You're pretty familiar with it. He said, And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Say it out loud. What? Forever. Amen. Pretty interesting. It might be a little easier to understand our eternal God like this. God is outside of time and space. God is outside of our timeline. What God did is God started the timeline at creation. And he planned all the major events and players in advance. All of history moves on that timeline. God being everlasting, living in an eternal existence. And he started the timeline at creation. And he laid out all of that timeline completely all the way to the end. All right? It is already, it's already planned. And he sees the end from the beginning. He knows the end from the beginning. Every single thing that has happened, he has planned, laid out, and he has already seen in advance. All the way to the place where it says we're going to get a new heaven and a new earth and we will forever be with the Lord. From creation to then, it's already done. Into, into infinity, right? Everybody say, to infinity and beyond. Alright, so from creation, God planned it all out. You are in this timeline. Now, you're asking, where are we in that timeline? Well, if this is final judgment or what we would talk about, you know, the, after the millennial reign of Christ, we'd move a thousand years backwards. We'd, seven more years, we'd move backwards to the tribulation period. And right before the rapture, right here, this is where you are. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm on there. I'm on that timeline. All right? So God creates this timeline, but he, understand, he's outside of time and space. He sees the end from the beginning. It's kind of like a parade. We watch the parade in the moment. We only see what's happening in front of us. But God sees the beginning and the end. And he knows how many people are at the parade. All right? It past, present, and future. He knows all the people that are up. He knows their names. Every single one of them. And he knows how many hairs are on each of their heads. He knows it, right? Because he's eternal. So because God is eternal, outside of time and space, he can say, before the foundations of the world, I knew you. Wow, right? Before the foundations of the world, before, <laughs> hey, before the, I knew, after I laid that out, I knew you. Look at your neighbor and say, he knew us. 
Because God is eternal and outside time and space is why his prophecies are perfect. Think about it. Consider how perfectly God has predicted things about Israel, about world powers, about the Messiah, about the church, about the end of days. I mean, when you think about it, how could God so perfectly predict every detail? Now, remember, we've been talking about Daniel in, in you know, the book of Daniel. During that time, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream that was given to him from God. That dream was a statue, and the statue symbolized, it was made of different metals, and it symbolized the different world powers that were to come. The power that was, you know, that Nebuchadnezzar was, he was the king of Babylon. Well, this statue had a gold head that represented Babylon, God said. He said the chest was made of silver that represented Medo-Persia. He said the hips and the stomach, the thighs were made of bronze and that represented Greece. And then he said the legs were made of iron and that represented Rome. And the feet were made of clay and iron, and that represented the ten kingdoms that would come in the last days in the kingdom of the Antichrist. All right? So, God said that when Babylon was in power, the gold head. Well, you know, you know who followed Babylon? Persia, Medo-Persia, exactly as God had said it. You know who followed Medo-Persia? Greece, exactly as God had said it. You know who followed Greece? Rome, exactly as God had said it. You know who's going to follow? Who's going to be coming soon? The kingdom of the Antichrist. And it's all as God said because he planned it all. And then stop and think about all the details of the Messiah that he gave us. Where he would be born, how he would be born, you know, every specific, when he would be born, every specific detail. Man. So how does God know? Because he lives outside of time and space and he knows the beginning from the ending. Look, look at your neighbor and say, God's amazing. Just look at him and say, God's amazing. He does that, right? So listen. Listen to what God has said about himself regarding his eternity. Isaiah 46, verse 9. Remember the things that I have done in the past, God said. For I alone am God. I am God and there is none like me. Only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass for I do whatever I wish. That's our God. In that verse, God disclosed that he's not only eternal, but that he is also transcendent, which means above all. And that he is sovereign. Everybody say those two words. Transcendent and sovereign. What does that mean? God is king of kings and lord of lords. God answers to no one and no one compares. God has no equal. He is not the yin and the devil the yang. No way. The devil doesn't come close to our amazing God. There is no one. There is no one that can give God counsel. There is no one that can give Him competition or contend with His decisions. All other gods are inferior. They've been created, they've been fashioned, or they've just been imagined. But not 
our God. God, Our God is uniquely and completely self-existent and self-sufficient. He doesn't need anybody to hold him up. He doesn't, I mean, it's awesome. God created all things. How many things? All things. He created all things and he maintains all things. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17 says this, For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him, and He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. God created it all. So God is God, and God is in control. Let's say it out loud. God is God, and He's what? God is in control. Now guys, the thought that God always has been is hard to grasp, you know, especially to our puny, finite minds. But the thought that God will always be is so assuring to me. Because kings and kingdoms will rise and they'll fall. History will come and go. But the Lord will remain forever. I love it. I don't know exactly what the future holds, but I know who holds my future, right? Who does? Who holds our future? The eternal, transcendent, sovereign God who is also, here's a word, immutable. Say it out loud. He's what? Immutable. Means that He never changes. Look at your neighbor and say, He never changes. Listen. Listen to God's disclosure of Himself about being unchangeable. In the Old Testament, God said this in Micah 3.6, I am the Lord and I do not change. And in the New Testament book of Hebrews, here's what God said. Hebrews 13.8 I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Listen. God doesn't get moody. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't get frustrated. He doesn't age. His attention span doesn't shrink. He doesn't change His mind. God doesn't change. Say it out loud. God doesn't change. And because of that, neither does His love, neither does His forgiveness, neither do His promises. Oh, wow! They are the same yesterday, today, and forever, just like Him. I love it. All right. So God has basically disclosed to us that He is eternal, that He is transcendent, that He is sovereign, that He never changes. And God has also disclosed to us that He sees and knows everything. He is, here's the big $10 word, omniscient. Everybody say it out loud. Omniscient. Now the word omni in that means unlimited. The word sheant means knowledge. He is omniscient. He is unlimited knowledge. He has unlimited knowledge. Now, because God is eternal, outside of time and space, God has this unlimited knowledge. So, God is never shocked. 
And you do things that would shock a lot of people. But God is never shocked. God is never surprised. God is never amazed. God never wonders. I wonder. And he never guesses. Wow. That's who holds you. He never guesses. He sees and knows everything. Say it out loud. What? He sees and knows everything. So look at your neighbor and say, uh-oh. He sees and knows everything. And he knows not just the big eventful stuff. He knows every little detail of our individual lives. God knows everything about us. You know, the Santa Claus song that hails St. Nick as all-knowing, you know, He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. You know that song? That's false doctrine. Only God is all-knowing. Sorry, Santa Claus, you're just, it's just not. Only God is all-knowing. But He knows all of that. And God doesn't, I mean, he knows every detail of our lives. But, I mean, it's not just the, the, the shallow stuff, all right? He knows it's not just your favorite color, your favorite food, or your favorite hobby. He knows us on an intimate level. Stop, now stop and think about it. I mean, because I could spend a little bit of time with you, and I could, you know, learn a few things about you. Oh, but, but God knows you much deeper than just what your favorite food is and what your favorite color is and, you know, where you work. He knows every little detail at an intimate level. In fact, God told Jeremiah and us as well, we're in here included. He said, I knew you when you were in your mother's womb. I fashioned you. You guys get that? I fashioned you like an artist that's making a painting. Like a construction worker that's building something. I, I fashioned you. God knows, not, not just that part, but He knows our everyday life and movements, our thoughts and our words. He knows them even before we do. That's how well He knows you. He knows what you're going to say before you say it. He knows what you're going to think before you think it. He knows what tickles us and what terrifies us. In fact, look at Psalm 139, verse 1. Here's what it says. Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I am far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. The Bible, I mean, has so much more, reveals so much more about God's complete knowledge. You've been listening to Pastor Dion Cordova right here on The Simple Truth. In this series, Pastor Dion has been refreshing us all by bringing it all back to the simple basics of the faith. And when it comes back to the basics that everybody knows and takes for granted, there's one verse that's more quoted than any other in history, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. 
Take a moment and bask in the glory of God's unending, unstoppable, unfiltered love for you. He loved you so much that He gave His Son for you. Have you said yes to Him? If you haven't, here's your chance. Just tell Him that you repent of all the wrong that you've done and that you believe in Him. Make Him Lord over your life today. It's the only response we can have to a love that's that big. If you made that decision today, would you let us know? Call us at 505-753-4363. Once again, that number is 505-753-4363. We want to celebrate with you. The Simple Truth is a ministry out of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel in Española, New Mexico. Are you in the area? Even better than a phone call, stop in and see us. We're here at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We're so excited to meet you and have you join us for worship. You can find all the information you need at tmcalvary.com. Once again, that's tmcalvary.com. We hope to see you soon. And we'll be back next time with more from The Simple Truth. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together we